What's up, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Hello Ghostly Podcast. I am going to be your one and only host. My name is Ryan, or Hello Ghostly, if you are searching for me across the interwebs. And welcome back to another fine, dabby, dozy episode of this gaming-related podcast. It's going to be a bit of a strange one because there's some sad stuff in here as well, some good stuff, as well as some all about quick news. We have some quick stuff that we're going to get through this week. Also, something that we started a couple of weeks ago, but I'm going to keep it up later on after I discuss what I've been playing slash watching. So let's just jump straight into that, shall we? I've been pretty much playing the same video games for the past, like, two weeks, and that is Lost Judgment. I've been chugging along. I'm on the final chapter. I'm going to finish it within a night or two. I do have to wrap up the side quests, and then I think I'm going to be taking a little bit of a break for it and then come back later on, maybe sometime next year, to kind of wrap up some of the other achievements. But I'm having a fantastic time with this game. I will say I'm not enjoying it as much as I did with Judgment. I enjoyed the story of Judgment immensely, and I do think there are some moments in this game that do falter in comparison There is a lot of predictability with this particular story compared to the first game, which is kind of frustrating because that first game had so many amazing twists and turns. There were a couple of things that were predictable in Judgment, but it did keep you on your toes throughout, and that's something that I liked about that game. It is a bit of a shame that they haven't managed to nail that entirely, but if I was to review Judgment and give it a score, I'd say it's a 10 out of 10 video game. If I was to review Lost Judgment, it is just under that. It would be like an 8.5 or a 9. It's still a cracking game. It's still a very good game. There are some technical issues, some things that I personally ran into with a few issues, but overall, it's a fantastic video game, and I think you should most certainly check it out. I am going to dance around it a little bit because I don't want to spoil anything about this game because it is so flipping good. It is so fine, and it's something that I needed very muchly. It's been nice because it's taken up a big old chunk of time, and that's what we need right now to just take up some time to get us on to the winter gaming period of video games, goodness. Like, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy coming out in a couple weeks' time. We've just had the all-star brawl of the Nickelodeon game. That's supposed to be very good, too. So, there is some cool stuff coming out, and I'm excited to play it all. Yes, I am, most certainly. The other game that I've been playing is Apex Legends. I'm always playing Apex Legends. I've wrapped up everything in regards to that. I've done all my treasure packs, done all my battle pass, done all the events. I'm just kind of like riding the wave now until Monsters Within drops in the next couple of days, which we'll discuss later on in the show. But let's just jump straight into our quickfire news, shall we? Because there is a ton of it, and we're going to kick things off with Animal Crossing New Horizons. We'll be getting a direct, and it has been dated for October 15th. The Kingdom Hearts games are coming to the Nintendo Switch via the cloud, so that's very nice indeed. Marvel Avengers is apparently seeing a huge boost in numbers since joining Xbox Game Pass. It was in the top 10 most popular games on Game Pass, as well as the top 15 most played games on Xbox over in the United States. However, I will say since then, they have made some adjustments to XP, as well as kind of gone back on something that they said recently, where they said they weren't going to do any 
form of microtransactions that would affect gameplay, and now they're doing XP boosters, so that's something to be worried about there. That's funny how that has come in now that they've got a big old player base coming in. I think Square Enix is just trying to milk this game as best as they can, so they can kick it off to the curb and move on with their life. Next up, Battlefield 2042 will now include a cross-gen bundle on all digital versions on Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, and PlayStation 5, so that's very nice indeed. And then last, but certainly not least, Xbox has a announced a 20th anniversary special edition xbox series x controller and stereo gaming headset and i most certainly did pre-order that controller yes sir i most certainly did it's a very nice controller i think it's absolutely stunning it's got a see-through front top it is a like metallic looking black color i love it very much indeed there's some green in there as well i'm all for it especially that green nexus on the button it is absolutely perfecto mundo and i love it very very muchly indeed. Let's get into the big gaming news for this week though. Grand Theft Auto the Trilogy, the definitive edition has finally been confirmed after some kind of rumours that have been swirling around this week. So Rockstar has officially confirmed that Grand Theft Auto the Trilogy, the definitive edition will be launching later this year. The studio did publish a short teaser trailer for the collection as well as a post on their Rockstar Newswire website. They did also tweet the following in regards to this later this month marks a very special anniversary for rockstar games 20 years since the original release of grand theft auto 3 in addition to carving a new path for the open world genre grand theft auto 3 established grand theft auto as a culture phenomenon alongside its two subsequent and equally legendary entries in the series grand theft auto vice city and grand theft auto san andreas so that's a nice celebration-y treat, I suppose, okay, if that's what you want to do. But anyway, let's carry on. The collection will feature across-the-board upgrades for all three titles. However, in the same breath, they're also promising to do this while still maintaining the classic look and feel of the originals. So don't expect a gigantic remake. Probably a 4K resolution bump and some delicious frames per second is what I'm going to guess there. Rockstar didn't however share any specifics on what this would actually entail but they did promise that more information on GTA the trilogy the definitive edition will be coming in a few weeks. Lastly, Rockstar is adding that they will be starting to remove existing versions of the classic titles from digital retailers next week in preparation of the launch. If you do want to pick up Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition, it will launch later this year on Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, Xbox One, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and PC. I don't really have a lot to say on this. I'm personally kind of excited for GTA Vice City because I absolutely love love that game i have some really strong memories and ties to that one i do love san andreas as well and i did play all three of these games but if it's just going to be a resolution bump and some frames per second it's going to be a subpar upgrade it's not my cup of tea dog i want a full-on remake of these games i don't think we're ever going to get it but hey look it's nice for the people who are excited i suppose Talking about things that are nice for some people that may or may not possibly exist, Ghost Recon is getting a new game called Frontline. 
Ubisoft has announced Ghost Recon Frontline, which is going to be a 100-player free-to-play shooter set in the Tom Clancy's universe coming to console and PC. The game was revealed at the Ghost Recon 20th Anniversary Showcase, where they confirmed that players will be dropping in squads of three onto a location known as Drakemore Island. Once landing to their destination of choice, they'll get the ability to complete objectives, collect intel, and then try and head for an extraction point while being pursued by the other players within the match. Ubisoft is however promising that this will be a new take on the Battle Royale game with dynamic objectives and no convergent circle. Players will also get to choose a class for their contractor, with three available from the offstart. These include the Assault class for close range combat, the Support class with fortification skills, and the Scout class for recon. You'll also get the ability to switch between these throughout gameplay. I'm personally very uninterested in this. Like, they did make another Battle Royale, which everybody seems to want to forget about, including Ubisoft themselves in the form of Hyperscape. I don't know why they're doing this. This game looks extremely bland and generic, but hey, we're going to have to wait and see when we get a full deep dive into the gameplay, but right now it just looks kind of subpar and boring, and that's not something I'm excited about, no siri. If you are excited to check this game out, however, there is no release date yet. Players in the UK and Europe will be able to sign up for a PC first closed test that will be taking place on October 14th to October 21st. Ghost Recon Frontline, however, will land on Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and your personal computer. Something that I am extremely interested in, though, is Super Smash Bros. Ultimate revealing its final character in the form of Sora from Kingdom Hearts. The character was revealed by game director known as Masahiro Sakurai, who confirmed that Sora would be joining the gigantic rosters of characters during the final battle broadcast. Sakurai revealed that Sora was actually one of the most requested fighters of all time for the series by confirming that the character, on top of a user poll for the most wanted character for development for Super Smash Bros. for Wii U back on the 3DS in 2014. Sakurai also revealed the final three Mii Fighters costumes that will be available for the game that included two for Splatoon, so that's very nice indeed, as well as Bethesda getting a little bit of a shout out in the form of Doomslayer. Both Sora and the Mii Fighter 11 costume pack will be available for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate on October 19th, so if you want to check that out, that is the date in which you'll get to do so. I've personally not played Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, I know, I should have played it, but I am strongly considering picking this game out. With characters like Joker being in the game and now Sora, I'm extremely, extremely tempted to go and pick this game up. I don't know though, I'm on the fence. Let me know if I should pick this game up or not, just reach out in one of the ways, just throw that out into the universe and maybe it'll get to me. Maybe, you never know. Something that does get to me right in my soul though, and that is the Yakuza creator and series producer are both leaving Sega and Ryo Gagatoken Studios in a recent studio shakeup. Sega has announced that both Toshihiro Nagoshi and Daisuke Saito are leaving Yakuza Studio following a shakeup at the studio. This announcement comes as apparently a transition to a new structure to mark its 10th anniversary. New director known as Masayoshi 
Yokoyama explained the changes and thanked fans for their support by saying, the world can change in a blink of an eye, and that requires us to change as well. It affects the ways we work, the way we live, our morals and values, and even the way we make games. Before Ryu Gagatoken Studio became truly established, Ryu Gagatoken was basically synonymous with Toshihiro Nagoshi. However, I did not want to rely too heavily on that. So, although I had little influence at the time, I kept fighting for change. Ten years have passed since then, and that resistance I had felt has changed to a feeling of camaraderie over time, and now I am inheriting the studio from a great creator. I don't know how to feel about those comments, so I'm just going to keep on going. So Nagoshi himself also added his own words and thanked fans for supporting him in his almost 30-year career at Sega by saying, As of today, a new Ryu Gagatoko studio is born, where the series will live on. Though I don't know for sure what they will create, I believe the new generation will further enhance the foundation we built over the years and deliver great games to the world. To achieve that, they too need to continue to learn, challenge themselves, and grow. I ask that you continue your support of the studio's endeavours. Lastly, we do have another quote from Sato, who said he was looking forward to experiencing future titles from the studio as a fan. I believe that the studio has the power to not only continue the Yakuza series, but also to carry on the momentum even further beyond. The studio's talented personnel are very capable of accomplishing this, which is why I can leave it in their care with confidence. Lastly, Yokohama did speak about the future by confirming a sequel to Yakuza Like a Dragon, which will continue the story of Ichiban Kasuga by saying, This game is currently being developed by producer Sakamoto and directors Hori, Aito, and Mataki. I myself, along with Takeuchi and Futuro, are working on the story. I'm kind of torn on this, especially as a fan of Yakuza and the series as a whole. Nagoshi has been an executive director on all of the games from the beginning, so it's going to be interesting to see how him not being in that role is going to change up these games. It is going to be kind of cool. I will say on the flip side, in regards to the people who are making this next Yakuza Like a Dragon game, then we've got some good talent that is here. We have Ryosuke Hori, who directed the last game, Like a Dragon. We also have Masahiro Yokoyama, who wrote Like a Dragon, and personally that game I think is fantastic, and it's written well, and it's done well, so I think that is kind of okay, in my opinion. Then you've got Yutaka Ioto, who directed Lost Judgment, and you have Toshihiro Furuta, who wrote Lost Judgment. Also a good game. It's not my least favourite game in the series, it is really up there in my opinion. Lost Judgment is very good. There are some stuff where it kind of falls short, for example, in regards to story wise I do have some issues there because there's a lot of predictability in regards to it but I do think it's very interesting indeed there are parts of Lost Judgment though that was written by Nagoshi himself so whether that predictability comes from Nagoshi or whether it comes from Furuta I don't know 
But either way, I'm kind of excited to see where the future goes. I am very excited. I love the Yakuza series. I love the Judgment series. I am a little bit on the fence. But I do think having someone new working on these games is something that is definitely needed. Because a lot of these stories are very similar in the Yakuza series. You just have to go and play them. And there's a lot of through lines that seem similar. So having someone new and fresh and bringing different ideas... I'm all for, especially when you've got new characters like Ichiban that has basically been around for one game and they kind of have a fresh slate with him. There's a lot of things they would have to carry over from the first game, but there's also a bit of a clean slate with him, so I'm excited to see where they go with that in the future. And on to our last news story of the day. The Halloween season of events are here, baby, and I'm excited. Yes, we're going to be breaking down all of the Halloween events that have been announced so far. So let's kick things off. Epic Games and Respawn Entertainment have revealed this year's spooktacular events for both Fortnite and Apex Legends, and they're very cool indeed. Fortnite Mares is going to be making a glorious return with a collaboration with the Universal Monsters. Some of the announced skins so far consist of the Mummy and Frankenstein. The collaboration doesn't quite end there though because the Fortnite Battle Bus will be appearing at Universal City Walk at the Universal Hollywood Studios with a slew of Fortnite characters appearing throughout the Fortnite Mares event. In addition to this, Fortnite Mare characters that appear in the item shop will also be available for some form of meet and greet at the Universal Hollywood Battle Bus area that they're doing. And they'll be at the parks on the same day that they're released into the item shop that I think is very cool indeed. The last announcement in regards to Fortnite Mares is the return of Short Nightmares, which is a short night film festival that will be taking place in a new creator-made movie theatre that was created by Quantum Builds. Each short film will have its own dedicated theatre room, giving players the option to choose which order they want to watch them in, or they can watch them in a big old loop in the festival room. They also did confirm to announce more cool additions to the Fortnite Mares event as the month carries on. But the one I'm truly extremely excited for on the Apex Legends side of things, Monsters Within will kick off on October 12th and will end on November 2nd. A ton of new scary cosmetics for Sia, Caustic and Revenant will be available to purchase, as well as a new arena map will be available called Encore. This new map is described as a place where Sia made his name as a man to be reckoned with. Shadow Royale will be returning once again from the dead, but this time with similar rules to last time. However, it's only going to be playable for one entire week, and that's going to be the last week of the event, which makes me kind of sad because I like Shadow Royale. Monsters Within will also feature a brand new reward tracker for each week of the event, with the rewards being pretty subpar as usual. It's kind of lackluster. It always is. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. Lastly, Respawn will be introducing a brand new pack known as the Monster Within pack that will be available to buy for 400 Apex coins. These will include both new and prior Halloween themed cosmetics. The most interesting thing about these packs though is how they could possibly affect the future of Apex's cosmetics going forward. In Respawn's words themselves, Monsters Within packs are available for a limited time during the Monsters Within event, but the items will always be available in the standard Apex pool of items, so you'll be able to unlock these Halloween items at any time through a standard Apex pack. 
Monsters Within packs, however, are going to guarantee you one non-duplicate Monsters Within thematic event item, as well as this new thematic event will include 40 new items themed around the Monsters Within. We're not done with the pack descriptions though, because Monsters Within items will also be available to be crafted with crafting metals, as well as after two seasons, crafting metal costs of Monsters Within items may be reduced. The specific words of may be reduced means that we could decide not to if they're popular, basically is what they're saying. I really like the fact that they're finally giving players an option to not only unlock themed cosmetics without purchasing any coins, but you'll also be able to make them available for the foreseeable future. I'm all for that. It kind of takes the FOMO out of skins and those cosmetics and forcing people to buy them. But I'm very excited about that personally because then I'll be able to get that spooky Halloween skin in the middle of January if I didn't happen to have money at that time. Which is very cool indeed because I like to get my spooky on all year long. Also, I get my Christmas on all year long. That's just how I roll, dog. That's just how I roll. And that is going to be my time for this week's episode of the Hello Ghostly Podcast. I hope you have an awesome week slash weekend, and I'll catch you in the next one. But until then, ghostly out. <laughs>